0: The end of the previous perek, as well as the beginning of this perek, talked about Odom HaMazik, the category of damage caused by the person himself, not by his property, not by his fire, but he himself caused the damage. And then the Mishnah got sidetracked slightly for a few Mishnahists to talk about Burr, damages caused by one's obstacle, by his pit, and some of the Mishnahis included a bit of Burr and a bit of Odom HaMazik, and this Mishnah now continues the discussion of Odom HaMazik, just like the previous couple of Mishnayot. already went back to that discussion. And then the remaining Mishnahists of this Perek, as well as the entire next Perek, discuss the category of damage called Shur, that which is done by one's animal, and specifically Keren. Karen refers to the damages done by one's animal when it intends to do the damage. And the entire content of that act is in order to damage. For example, when the animal gores. So that is the focus of the entire next peric and the last part of this peric. Be it as it may, the Mishnah tells us some of a one who is chopping wood in a private domain. He's in his own garden, in his own courtyard, and he is chopping wood. The Hizobrish him and he caused damage in a, in a public area. Part of the wood flew quickly. As he chopped it, it flew, and ended up doing damage in a public domain. We don't look at that as damage done by his possessions, by his wood, the damage was done by him. Just like if I throw an object at somebody and I injure him, we don't say that the object did it. I was the one who did it. In this case as well, since I caused that thing to go, to fly off because of my action, so we look at that as as I did it, it's like I threw that piece of wood to the other person, or to the item which was damaged. If he a or if he was chopping the wood in a public domain, and he caused damage in a private area, even though there aren't lots of people there, so I might have thought that I'm less responsible. Or if he is chopping wood in a private area, in a private domain, in his own garden, let's say, and he does damage in somebody else's private domain. So here there's literally nobody around, really. Only the owner of the... Other courtyard. Only his items. Nevertheless, Chayev, the person, is liable to pay for all of the damages which he caused. Because, like we learned at the end of the second peric, Adam wood laylam. A person is always considered responsible for the damage which he does, even if he does it by mistake. He's fully responsible. He shouldn't have chopped wood in such a way where it had the chance of damaging other people's property. The focus of the next peric and a half, really, is the category of damage called keren. And the standard example of this category of damage is the example which the Torah gives of goring, where an ox uses its horns to injure another animal or a person. And the Mishnah tells us that shlinsh vorm tamim, if there are two oxen and they are both a tam, so let's say they've both never gored, so if they are going to gore now, the owner would only be obligated to pay chetzinezek for half of the damages which are caused. And these two oxen injured each other. So for example, let's say the shor of Ruvain injured Shimon's shor, and Shimon's shor went down by a hundred zuz, and then Shimon's ox gored Reuven's ox, and Reuven's ox went down in value by 40 zuz. Says the Mishnah, They pay the extra as chetzinezek, meaning, if we use the example which we gave, Reuven's ox um, gored something and made it go down in 100 zuz. So he needs to pay chetzinezek, which would be 50 zuz. Shimon's ox's damage was, he did damage of 40 zuz, and chetzinezek of that would be 20 so it's as if Reuven owes Shimon 50, and Shimon owes Reuven 20. So the halacha is that Ruven needs to pay Shimon 30 Zuz. Shnei if they are both Mu'odim, they've both gored a number of times before, and they are both obligated to pay Nezek Sholem, Mishal Mameisah Nezek Sholem. They would pay the extras Nezek Sholem. So in the example we gave, Ruven would have to pay 60 Zuz. He owes 100, and Shimon owes him 40. Now, what happens if echot tam, echot muad? One of their oxen was a tam, one of them was a muad. Muad If the muad did more damage to the tam than the tam did to the muad, so the muad is the one who the owner of the muad is the one who has to pay. So, in our example, Ruvain's ox was the muad. Then Rishon b'Mayim Nezik has to pay the extra with Nezik Shaleim. So, in the example we gave, Ruvain really owes Shimon a hundred zuz. Shimon owes Ruvain twenty. Because he would only have to pay him chetzinezek. So the halacha is that Ruven would have to pay Shimon 80 a 100 minus the 20 which Shimon would have had to give him. Tam be muad. If the tam did more damage to the muad than the muad did to the tam. So in our example, Ruven's ox was a tam. So he really owes 50. And Shimon, whose ox, whose ox is a muad, would have to pay 40. So it emerges that Mishan pays the extra with chetzinezek and that would only be... Uh, ten zuz. Fifty minus forty. Continues. the same applies to two men who injure each other. The one who injured the other one more needs to pay the extra in Nezik Shalem. A person who does damage or injures someone always has to pay Nezik Sholem. If a person injures a... Mu'od and the mord injures him, and other mord refers to a case where the person did more damage than the mord did to him, and mord but other would refer to a case where the owner of the mord is paying because the mord did more damage than the person. So, as mishnah says Whoever did more damage would have to pay the extra Nezik Shalim. And now we have a What happens if Odom Tam, a person that had a fight with a ox? and the ox is a tam, and the person did more damage to the ox than the ox did to the person. Or with tam ba odom, the tam did more damage, so the owner is paying the person. So, in a case of adam tam, where the person did more damage to the ox, and therefore the person is paying, he has to pay the extra with nezek Shalem. Tam ba odom, if the tam did more damage than the person, the owner would have to pay the extra with nezek. And that is really quite simple, it seems. The Torah says that when a ox gores a person, then kamish pot oseloi. Like this law, like these rules will be done to him. Meaning, the same laws which apply when a ox gores another ox, apply when an ox gores another person. So just like when a tam would gore another animal, the owner would have to pay chetzinezek. So too, when the tam gores a person, it will pay chetzinezek. And if it's a mu'od, then it would pay nezek sholem. However, Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva says, Aftam Even a term, when it injures a person, sometimes a nezek sholem. You'd have to pay the extra with nezek Shalem. According to Rabbi Akiva, there's no such thing as paying chetzi nezek when you injure a person. And he explains the posuk, which says, like, these rules, as going back on what the Torah said regarding a mu'od. That the rule which applies... When a shur muad gores another animal, that applies whenever an ox gores a person. We always look at it as if the animal is a, a muad, perhaps because it's considered more serious that it gored and injured a person more than a person's possessions. So the owner of the ox would be obligated to pay Nezek Sholem even if his animal is only a tam. Richard as we have seen, when a tam does damage, the owner is obligated to pay Chetzi Nezek Meaning only half of the value of the damage which was done. So the ox did damage of 100 zuz, the owner would only be obligated to pay 50 zuz. Now, strictly speaking, the Torah says that the tam itself, that animal itself, is the payment to the nizak. That the chetin nizak is paid from the animal itself. And so the mission says, shove the mission takes a simple case where the tam was worth 100 zuz. Shinogar and it gored an ox which was worth two hundred zuz. So how much does the owner of the Tam owe the Nizerk? How much does the mazik, the person who is responsible for the damage, owe the nizuk, who refers to the person whose property, whose possessions were damaged? The mazik owes half of 200 zuz, which is 100 zuz. And that's the exact value of his own ox. The ena of a klum, and the Novela, the animal which died, is now worth nothing. So he took it down from 200 to nothing. Says the mishnah no the The nizuk takes the ox belonging to Ruvain, he takes the tam, and that is the payment. So that would be a very simple case, where the entire payment is that he just takes the tam as his payment. Now the same would apply if, let's say, the nizek's uh, ox was worth 400 zuz. So really the mazik owes him 200 zuz. However, the mazik would not owe him any more than the ox itself, that is the unique law which is said regarding a tam, that it pays me from its own body and nothing more. So in that case as well, the nizek would receive the actual animal of the mazik. And no more. Now what happens if Shoshum was is like not The Tam was worth two hundred zuz and it gored an ox which is also worth two hundred zuz, they don't have any really go for Klum and the dead animal is now worth nothing. So the Mazik owes the nizak a hundred zuz, but his animal is worth more than a hundred zuz. So obviously, the Nizik is not going to be able to take the animal because it's worth more than the amount that is owed to him. Our Meir said about this: the says, They should sell the alive ox, the tam, the chotzos ha- the kaspoy, and split its money into half. They should sell the tam. At the end of the day, the money, that which is owed to the nizuk, is only from the tam itself, the animal itself. It's just that in this case, it's not going to be able to take the animal itself, rather they'll take the money which comes from the animal. They should sell the tam, the mazik's animal, and with the money which they get from it, the 200 zuz, 100 zuz the mazik will keep for himself, and 100 zuz he'll have to pay for the damage done to the nizuk. Now, that same posseq continues and they should also split the dead animal into half. Now the dead animal in this case is worth nothing. So what does it mean they should split the dead animal? So Meir explains it to mean that if the value of the dead animal goes down between the time that it died and the time that the mazak and the nizak come to court and the mazak needs to pay. The mayor learns that the POSC is coming to tell us that the muzik only needs to pay based on the value wh- which the animal went down by at the time that it died. But if the value of the dead animal went down, or even if it went up between the time of the damage and the time that they went to court, that is not calculated as part of what the muzzik has to pay for. The mazik pays based on the value of the dead animal at the time of the nezek, at the time of the damage. That's how much we consider him to have damaged. So Meir says that we, the Torah says, they split the dead body because it's almost as if the nezek is also losing out on his own animal, the dead animal. Since the entire loss, the Masik doesn't compensate for at all. So we look at it as if the Nizek is sort of paying as well. Now that's the explanation of the posuk, according to Rabbi Meir. Now, Yehuda, to Rabbi Meir, what you just said is correct, but you've established and explained the posuk, which says that they should sell the alive ox, which did the damage, and they should split its money. But we're like, you haven't explained the, po- the next part of the poshuk which says that they should split the dead animal. Bihuda doesn't agree with Romero's explanation that it's coming to tell us that the nizik bears the loss when the dead animal goes down in value. And so we look at it as if the Nizak is sort of paying half of his dead ox to the mazik. According to Bihuda, at the end of the day, they're not splitting the dead body. The Nizig loses out. But that's not the explanation of the Pasuk. Rather, says Rabbi Huda the Ezeh. What is the case which the Torah is talking about? It refers to an ox which is worth 200 zuz, and it's a tam, which calls another ox which is worth 200 zuz. The Hannavela in the dead animal is not worth nothing. Rather, it's still worth 50 Zuz. So the damage which the Tum did was a damage of 150 Zuz. He took the ox down from 200 to 50. So he owes 75 Zuz, which is half of the damage which he did. In that case, the Mazik should take half of the value of the alive animal and half of the value of the dead animal, and the Nizik will take half of the value of the alive animal and half of the value of the dead animal, meaning they should sell both animals, so the mazik's animal, they sell for 200 zuz. the nizik's animal, they sell for 50 zuz. So altogether they receive 250 zuz, and, the ma- and they split that in half, so the mazik ends up with 125 zuz, which is perfect, at the beginning he had 200 zuz, and he owed 75 zuz, which would leave him with 125 zuz. And the nizik as well, he had 50 zuz, and he was owed 75 zuz. so he ends up having 125 zuz. And that way the tam, the owner of the tam, pays chetzinezek, and they get that money by selling the muzik and the nizik's animals. There is a case where one would be obligated to pay for what their ox did, or would be exempt if it was his own act. The same scenario, one is where the ox does a particular act, and the other scenario is where the person does the exact same act. And you would be obligated to pay if your ox did it, but if you did it, you would be exempt. This is unusual. In general, we would assume that a per- what a person does, he's more responsible for. But there are certain cases where you would be obligated to pay if your ox did it, but if you did it, you would be exempt. And there are other cases where Potol shayrai would be exempt for what your ox does, but with Chaival you would be obligated to pay if you yourself did it. For example, Shoeiro Shebiyeish, if his ox did damage, which also caused somebody great embarrassment. the owner of the ox is exempt. But if he embarrasses somebody, Chayev is obligated to pay. We're going to learn in the 8th Perek that there are five different payments which a person who injures another person would possibly need to pay, and one of them is for the embarrassment which he causes him. That only applies when a person does the injury, not when an ox does it. Now there is a law which the Torah says if a person knocks out the tooth or blinds his slave, then he is obligated to free the slave. Or if he injures him in another way, which takes away one of his limbs, then he's obligated to free his slave. The Mishnah says that only applies if he himself does it. But, if the master's ox blinds his slave, or knocks out his tooth, potter, the, oh, the master is exempt from freeing his slave but if he himself blinds the eye of his slave or knocks out his tooth he would be obligated to free his slave now we come to the other list if one's ox injures his father or his mother the owner's father or mother he would be obligated to pay his father or mother just like he's obligated to pay any nizuk. However, the Hushakob of emai, if a person himself injures his father or mother and draws blood from them, Potter he is exempt from paying them. We'll explain the reason in a moment. And Shorashigashabis, if one's ox sets fire to somebody else's stack of grain or hay on Shabbos, Chayav. the owner, is obligated to pay. But who should go Shabbos? But if he himself sets fire to somebody else's stack of grain on Shabbos, Potter, he would be exempt from paying that person. And the reason for these two cases is that the nation was Chayav Because he is liable to, by, to the death penalty. And there's a very important rule of Kim jabomine If somebody does one act for which there is a punishment of death, of being killed by based inn. and as well as that, there's also a monetary payment. The rule of Kim Le says that he only receives the more severe punishment, and he would be exempt from paying the money, and even if, let's say, he did it by mistake, so in this case he wouldn't be killed by based inn. since the act is something which could lead to a death penalty, even in that case he would be exempt from paying.